GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. my camera's not right why does it keep going to that camera what's up with that all right welcome everybody to our daily gun show we go live each weeknight at midnight or sometimes five minutes after midnight to talk about guns for maybe an hour maybe one day we'll go live for a long format show every single night that'll be the goal uh, rain is over. Rain came and went. Thanks for asking. So uh, we go live every evening, every weeknight, and each night we have a different topic. Monday, it's motivation. We try to have a 2A activist in here to have a conversation with them, starting a new thing. Three weeks out of the month, four weeks out of the month, we have a different 2A activist in to talk about activism. That fourth or fifth week out of the month, I bring them all back and we have them in, meet each other and have a conversation with whoever was in the mix and felt like showing up that week or that month. Almost like a mini every second matters type of situation. Let me see how that works. So uh, I've already started laying the groundwork for that and got some interest from people. On Tuesdays, we talk about the Second Amendment. Wednesdays, hmm. oh yeah, tactical quiz. Thursdays, we talk about travel, driving all around these 50 states, looking at guns and the culture, and training, learning about all the guns and the culture. And then uh, Fridays, we take a look back at the Second Amendment, that content that was created throughout the week, try to keep a focus on the news, the calendar, and our thumb on the industry, if that's possible. We attempt to do that on Fridays. On Saturdays, we're live during the day. And we chat with some uh, longtime gun owners and we ask or answer gun questions. And then on Sundays, we go live and take a look at what happened on Instagram. That's what I do every day. And I'm able to do that because down at the bottom of the screen, somewhere over right here right now, it says our Patreons make it possible for us. That means me and the other guys that help out to spend time on projects like these, this podcast, the websites, this type of stuff. Thank you. 
And that's the link, patreon.com slash gun websites. Uh, we encourage you to take $20, head over to Patreon, that link down there. It'll come up over here in a minute. And uh, throw five bucks at us or however much you want out of that 20 bucks. Take some of the rest and take a look around Patreon. You're going to find other people that create content. Some of it you're going to value, and I'm going to ask you to invest in that. I've seen the results of individual content creation and what it can accomplish, and I really believe that's a powerful option. So be part of that. Check it out. Take that $20. Distribute it as your capitalist intentions dictate. And after five months, after you've disseminated $100 of your wealth amongst projects out there, creating stuff that you value, come back and let me know what you think, if it was worth investing $100 into what you value. And if it was, appreciate it, and hopefully continue to do that because about 140 people make it possible for me to spend the time like this on these kind of projects, which create awareness, hopefully some education. The real goal of these things is to give people the resources needed so that our conversations can go forward. We don't have to wonder how many of this or what was that or what was the date? Hopefully all that information will just be at people's fingertips. Trust me, every time I do something and I suck at it, somebody comes along, either sues me or does it better, and then everything comes along and everything moves. So I'm not saying this is the final crossing of the line. I'm just trying to be one more step in that race. All right, with that being said, we do this live, and you can't see it, but I guess you can if I do this. Over here is the live conversation. Normally, you'd be over here watching this screen. Today, though, we're going to be looking at this book. So people that are live are witnessed over here. Look, if I highlight this and click at the same time, I have a touch. It's like I have a touch screen monitor. Hold on. Let me, let me get my touch screen where I need it. And then I can go click. And then I can go click. And then I can go click. Click and so forth. So that's clicking on myself. I shouldn't have shot myself. Um, we got Echo out there. I was the first one to say, hey, DJ is out there as well. Welcome. Krabby also and Smaggy. So we have at least a couple of different people from different parts of the country joining us live. And going back to this is a printout of uh, one of our projects, which is the Minuteman University, a website that has information about skills and resources for Second Amendment activists. So it's online and it exists and we've been building it for a long time. Doesn't do anybody any good if they don't have a computer next to them or they don't know how to work their phone. So the idea here was to put some of that information from the Minuteman University project into a small enough book that it be, could be kept here next to a computer or on a bookshelf or whatever, easily accessed and again, get the information out there so that then we can all move on. We can get past the situations that exist from uh, people just not being aware or unaware of whatever aspects it might be. To attempt that in this project, 50 states of 2A, it's a book that's 50 pages long, each state gets one page. Uh, this is a misprint, so some of it's upside down and that's goofy, but uh, you get the idea. Now, some states have a lot more to do than other states. Some states are 2A lazy. Other states are 2A heavy hitters. So some states get a lot more room in the book, right? So what I'm looking for tonight is the state that we're going to be looking at. And it's, let's just say, it's 
not pulling its own weight. It's a pretty big state, hangs out next to Canada. So we appreciate that they're the buffer on that part of the country to Canada. We can all appreciate that. But, well, I guess they do have a full page. I'll shut up. Oh, no, they don't have a full page. Yeah, see? They don't have that much stuff going on. So what happens on states that don't pull their own two-way weight is we put other stuff in there because we wanted to keep the book full. Plus, we've got a lot, of, a lot of goals with the Minuteman University project, so therefore a lot of goals with this project. Uh, let's dig in. So each page, one state, kind of a configuration here that's shared. However, some of the states do have more to talk about than others. Maine is just one of those states, probably because of Canada. Not a lot going on out there. So uh, it's a big giant state, but uh, is it is Maine a 2A state? You know what? I'm going to put that out here. Let's make a poll. I'm allowed to, oh wait, I got to do a bunch of stuff to make a poll. Shoot, I just figured that out. I can't tell you how many mosquito bites. I must have got like four mosquito bites since we've been live here. This is intolerable. Is this Biden's fault? Is this because there's a Democrat? Like what is going on with all these mosquito bites? Oh wait, are these IRS agents? What the hell? My dog gets all frustrated when I got to stir on this electric price water. All right, I'm going over to make a poll. That means I got to jump over to another account. In the meantime, what's the deal out there? You think that Maine is a 2A state or Maine is not a 2A state? I'm going to make a phone call to YouTube and I'm going to ask them, is Maine... A to a state. It's weird seeing lag here and lag over there. It'd be totally different. That lag is different than that lag. See, my hands are still touching the keyboard on that one, and now I'm pointing at the stuff that's now what the hell. So is Maine a two A state? Yes or no? And you're barely getting the part where I was talking about the lag, and I'm already on to the next thing. All right. Boom. So, oh, I'll get so many mosquito bites. Maine doesn't have that many people at 1.5 million. All right. You're giving them a pass because of their population density. I think Maine is mostly 2A, but I don't know. Well, now you can vote in a poll. So, Tonight, the poll is free. You can vote yes, you can vote no, or take yourself out of the list, or out of the game. Each state gets a page. Each page is laid out typically with some information about the state when it joined the union. Most states, all states I think have a constitution. Most states have some sort of a version of a second amendment. A lot of the states share some other second amendment style uh, characteristics and that's what starts up at the top then we try to talk about the organizations the um, history of the state with um, hunting and or I should say wildlife I guess legal uh, organizations civic and government uh, we've got inventors and industry activists instructors and that kind of thing so in Maine Let's start off with 23rd state. I wouldn't have thought that. I would have figured like in the top 10. Well, I guess it can't be 10, but 
23rd. I mean, 10 other states before Maine. What are they worrying about? Are they trying to be Canada? I don't know what the story is in Maine. I don't think I ever heard any kind of stories or anything about Maine. I'm trying to think now if I know anything about Maine. Um, March 15th, 1820, 23rd state. They do have a version of a state second amendment. It's article one, section 16. Every citizen has the right to keep and bear arms and this right shall never be questioned. All right, I'll take it. It's short and sweet. I assume most things in Maine are short and sweet. I think they're very abrupt up there. I don't know much about Maine, but I'm gonna assume that they're very abrupt. Uh, open carry, they can open carry without a permit. So I just noticed that I'm not very consistent about that. I don't think, I think I've used about three or four different things there. So whenever I edit this, I'll probably use fewer options there. Concealed carry, since 1985, they've had shall issue. Uh, there's 42,000 permits issued in 2017, which, you know, as I've been doing this each week, I've been a lot of times comparing that. I think I might add where they rank right away. So that when you're looking at a state, you don't have to go find that other page all the time. You'll just know what they rank. I think that might be interesting. Uh, constitutional carry. What? They were the seventh state back in October of 2015 to get constitutional carry. That's a trifecta. Open carry, concealed carry, and constitutional carry. That's as much carrying as you can do. That's a lot of carrying on, some people would say. Uh, suppressors for hunting is not a thing because... Are they worried about poaching? Are they worried about Canada? Canada requires guns be, well, we can't go into Canada. Sorry, Bob. Um, state firearm? Come on, Maine. No state firearm. So the next question is, since they don't, since Maine hasn't gotten around to doing a state firearm, what should be the state firearm of Maine? Uh, if Maine doesn't have anti-gun laws, so pro 2A. What? I don't know what that is. If Maine doesn't have anti-gun laws, I don't know which one's the misspelling there. Um, and then we've got the, right now, the poll is saying that 75% of the votees are saying that Maine is a 2A state. All right, so let's dig in. We know a little bit about what's going on with the state, but what kind of organizations do they have over there? Well, they've got a-W-W-B-A. Let's try to figure out what that says. American Women Who Bear Arms. Started in 2014, celebrating and empowering American women in shooting sports and personal defense. Notice how many organizations started in 2014, 15. When did What's-Its-Face happen? 12. Obama comes along and threatens freedom, individual liberty. Uh, in 13, grassroots resistance to that tyranny accomplish the squelching of any of his ambitions there. And, of course, all the political strategists that were paying attention at the time. And then what happens? You get 2014, 2015. Now in Maine, maybe they were ahead of the curve. They were. Maybe they seen it coming. Maybe they, for whatever reason, Maine is just cutting edge. But uh, everybody start to see that apathy kicked in. You ever heard of Every Second Matters? When did that start? Right? Because of that apathy. So, you know, we were the people who 
definitely seen the apathy, but the once the apathy kicked in and people started to see that it you know was a thing, and once they started to realize what it was, organizations start popping up all over the place. 2014, 2015, you could start an organization and, and being online was just part of it. That was comfortable, it was normal. So um, one starting up in Maine focused on females, uh, shooting sports and personal defense, cool to see. Uh, then we've got Sportsman's Alliance of Maine. That is an organization called SAM, Sportsman Alliance of Maine. And it was started by Dave Trahan, who is a uh, politician or was a politician at the time. I forgot the story of this one, but I remember reading about it and looking it up for this project. And we don't have a lot of politicians who are pro 2A and then do something about it. Plenty of them can say it and vote or whatever. Uh, but going above and beyond taking it on as a um, one of their actual projects that they work on as politicians. From what I understand, this guy was uh, is one of those in Maine. We've got a uh, Poland 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 auction since 1950. Uh, I don't know anything about it other than I was doing some research and I part of the bigger picture of um, putting the Second Amendment community into you know perspective. Uh, the auctions are a part of it. There's a lot of auctions at different scale. And this one started in 1950. Um, I don't remember anything about it off the top of my head. So it must have been significant enough that as I was doing my research, you know, it came up enough that even if it wasn't on my radar, I figured it should be included. Plus, I wanted to put stuff in for Maine, and that is from Maine. Then we have Bushmaster. I guess that's the one thing from Maine that everybody can think of. So Bushmaster in 1973 was called Gwyn Firearms and it was from North Dakota. Then they moved to Bangor, Maine. Um, I don't know when they moved to Bangor, Maine and I think it's because I don't think anyone knows or at least it's not a agreed upon date or I couldn't find it but I don't have that specific date. So I remember that Bushmaster existed and that's when they made that goofy little bullpup shotgun that has no stock and it's really weird. That's that Bushmaster. At some point, they go to Bangor, Maine. And I think that's when it becomes more the Bushmaster that we're familiar with. Then in 2011, they move to New York, Ileon, New York. And then eventually they go in 2014 to Alabama. Now, if they've moved since then. I wrote this in 2020. That's possible. The story for people that don't know was Bushmaster was doing their thing and they were building firearms and You'd have to listen to people. You'd have to have a discussion with people who were shooting AR-15s during the assault weapons ban to get an opinion about Bushmaster from the 90s. Then the assault weapons ban ends. The internet exists because that kind of coincided. People become aware of the internet. That means the forums and the conversations and the lore amplifies. So Bushmaster was both a victim and a... Um, a recipient of that energy. So Bushmaster becomes, they advertise, they get flashy, you know, marketable advertising. A lot of people buy them. They get the ads in the right magazines and people that are triggered by buying ads or, you know, the ads work on, they work on it and they sell them. They become a bigger company and now they're a player. You've got fewer players back then and you've got players that are feeding the military. So they're out there doing their thing trying to be like a little brother. I'm going to show you that I could do it. You know, I got my 
I got big plans. Well, you know, watch me shine. They're doing their thing, but they also don't get this rep. They don't. They're not. They're having to earn any kind of reputation they got, and they're not just earning a reputation. I don't know anybody that respected Bushmaster. It was considered an inexpensive one, and their quality control. Here's a way to put it in perspective. I remember an article that was done by somebody who got paid to go to Bushmaster to do a video about their stuff. And they were quite proud that their quality control would pick one out of every 10 guns to do their quality control process on. And that sounds pretty good, except that you realize there's other companies that will pick up every item and do quality control on it. And any item that doesn't pass quality control does not move on down the line. Bushmaster will pick up at the time one out of 10 quality control it, the batch of 10 is good to go. That creates a nine number slop where you're not, you know, you're, you're letting one indicate for nine. And that's the level of quality control that some people are happy to pay for and other people are, would not tolerate. Depends on what you're buying your gun for, right? So that's where Bushmaster comes along. And then, you know, Obama decides to wail on firearms because it's been a while since uh 94 i don't know if biden is a catalyst to all that if that was some portion you know it'd be an interesting thing to research i don't think i can't think i've heard of anyone even mentioning research but you know the stuff that happened in the 90s happened with the same players that exist today they were just much well somewhat somewhat younger they're still all older than us today probably but uh I wonder how much of the concessions and the whatever was like, hey, let's give this guy a, you know, a, a reminder of, or let's give him a revenge for what, you know, this, the sunset or something like that. Anyway, so Bushmaster really got it in the, got a brunt of the marketing, the anti-marketing, literally the anti-marketing, and then uh, eventually failed, right? Went out of business. That's when they got bought, the name got bought, marketing and the name and the whatever got bought. Is that when they went to Remington? I don't know exactly, but that's when Wyndham starts and Wyndham is the people. So Bushmaster's the name and it has the connotation and the persecution by the media and by people who are satisfied to just hate. So they kick it out or, you know, they sell the name, but all those people still exist. And so in 2011, you get the people by the machinery, the name leaves, but everything else, you know, the stuff stays, the people stay, the craftsman stays, craftsmanship stays or whatever. And then they continue on as Wyndham. And that's where Wyndham comes from. Uh, Daniel is saying one out of 10 is actually an ISO standard for inspection of parts. I forget the designation number, but it's pretty common. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to make it sound like they were cutting any corners. Like I say, they were quite proud there's places that'll do one out of 25 right like there's no it's just a matter of where you decide your quality control level is going to be i'm just saying that in comparison one out of ten is still one out of ten and you you know let's say there's some fluctuation a cutter is getting weird or something or somebody's got an adjustment wrong if there's some fluctuation seven of them are goofy here but the one you test is fine six of them are goofy here but the one you test is fine nine of them are goofy the one you test is fine 10 of them are goofy. So the one you test is failed, right? Well, look at how many went out. So I don't know. I know that the, um, 
there's, there's standards for that systems in place. And okay, well, if that happens, we're going to take eight batches and throw them away, right? Like there's systems in place for that. When you put something into space, for example, there's very little room for error, none from what I understand. So, you know, it's like, oh, we got a fluctuation here. We're throwing the whole batch away. And that's where somebody's buying 99% of that stuff is still good, but it got goofy here when the cutter went weird. So somebody's willing to buy the rest of that loaf. And that's where other companies come into the mix. All right, well then that's about it. We've got uh, Tatiana Whitlock, who's also in Maine, a member of the DC Project, firearms instructor, podcaster, um, all around um, motivation. Well, I was gonna say motivationalist, is that a thing? Inspirationalist, someone who inspires. Uh, truly an activist, someone who's just out there being active, being capable and competent, doing it in front of people and in a way that makes others understand that anyone can and that uh, the application of understanding and you know, uh, practice, uh, lots of stuff is possible. So we've got uh, sponsors. I like to mention each time when we uh, wrap it up here for the state that this didn't just happen. Uh, people sponsored this. Uh, you might have heard of Gun Library Garrett in some people's chats who throw a super chat around. Uh, he sponsored a bunch of these pages. So this little section underneath of Ohio was a thank you. 20 folks pitched in to make the production of this book possible. Thank you for the time you gave us to work on the 50 states of 2A. So back then it took some time to take all that stuff from the website and put it into this, learn the software and adjust it and whatever. I don't think it was the best job ever, but I'm learning. And uh, put this little chart together so you can see Garrett didn't quite sponsor every single page, but almost every single page. So he was the only one to have sponsored uh, Maine. So thanks for that. And then, uh, like I say, some of the pages didn't quite fill up the whole actual page here. So this rest of the main page is CCW resources. So I don't know where I was thinking with that one. Literally just wanted to put some things from CCW together to offer some more insight. So let's take a look at what I've accumulated here. Uh, it's literally just some resources. It's not any one thing. And I think you'll see what I mean in a second here. So we got Gunsight Academy in 1976. So that's a school. That's where the four safety rules come from and uh, the, the color code of, of mental awareness, Jeff Cooper, right? Uh, formalized firearms, modern firearms training with a pistol, uh, with a, a revolver, and then with a pistol. With the 1911 old-fashioned semis and old double-action revolvers and single-action revolvers. We've got 1980, Masadiyub comes out with the greatest extreme, In the Gravest Extreme, which is a book that he came out with in 1980, and it's still in publication. If you've never read it, it's a it's like this thick. It's it's a it's a primer. It's a one step away from a booklet or a pamphlet. It's a really interesting book that gives you the basics. It's one of the things that a lot of times CCW instructors all at, uh, use it as a pre well, I would say a prerequisite if there is such a thing for a CCW class, at least a recommended reading because it's so quick to read and it's so uh, um, precise. Everything Masadeub does is a real precise. Uh, effective, efficient way of getting the information across. 1983, SWAT Magazine comes out with the How Close is Too Close article that everybody hears about is the 21-foot rule from Dennis Tuller. He was up in Salt Lake City at the time, and the question came up. He was, uh, um, I think he was approached uh, from a paper he had written 
uh, by SWAT magazine, and they put that article out there in 1983. And we still hear about the idea of an attacker with a knife can be up to 21 feet away before a standard person has the ability to react and draw a firearm to protect themselves from that lunging attacker with a knife. And now it's part of the whole conversation, but eventually it wasn't until 1983, I should say, initially it wasn't until 1983 that it even actually came to be part of the, the thing. Now, I didn't hear about it until probably, I might have heard about it back in the day by reading Swamp Magazine, and then it went in there, one in there, out the other, because you didn't think about tactics or owning a firearm like that. Unless you were going to be a cop, this did not apply to you, because in 1983, nobody was carrying around firearms. So, uh, I might have seen it, but then it wasn't until maybe the um, early 2000s and I started going to a lot more CCW classes and this had become quite common knowledge at that point. Probably I was going to say maybe I started to see it again on the internet in the 90s um, as people would have like little versions of debates on the forums and stuff back in the day. Then you get tactical responses to getting uh, created in 1996. Uh, I started doing CC, James started doing CCW courses. And then eventually uh, teaching, bringing in uh, training uh, mobile instructors for UPS training his department and creating uh, opportunities for other uh, classes to so bring in instructors in, letting classes fill. Um, that was sort of an uh, alternative to the gun site, which was having an established location, a shooting school, but then populating your shooting school with instructors. Some of those instructors, you know, broke away, eventually retired or moved away from being a full-time instructor and then became traveling like Masada Yub and like, um, well, a bunch of them, Clint Smith and uh, Hackathorn, a bunch of people, well, Hackathorn, yeah, I guess too. A bunch of people though would like leave and pursue traveling instructing. And that was, the 90s and into the 2000s and the beginning of the this more and more um, states uh, getting concealed carry and then more and more people needing concealed carry. So the schools that existed for kind of law enforcement or the most dedicated um, couldn't keep up. You had to have inst more instructors. Range Master 1996 through 2014, that's, that was in Memphis. And a lot of people consider Range Master as, as influential as Gunsight as far as a more, like this was the modern firearms education. When you think about firearms education in general, CCW is just one incarnation of firearms education or firearms training. It starts off with dueling because the first guns were just, you buy a gun it was way before just people owned a gun and then they would duel with each other they'd shoot at each other there was rules for that and you could go to school to learn how to duel so that means the first formal firearms education was in dueling like it or not some things date back to dueling then you get into military finally getting them so now you got military instruction eventually police get them so now you got some police instruction somewhere in there people get together and start to play games and have competitions and that's where you start to see the evolution of the people that create what eventually became the the curriculum of gun sight range master so this was the culmination of all the modern stuff becoming modern accumulated knowledge accumulated and then packaged 
as the modern style, either in books or curriculum or uh, students or instructors being sent out to teach the, the theory, right? So think of it like martial arts, think of it like different types of music, think of it like different types of recipes, like there's lots of ways to consider this stuff. So this was the conglomeration of modern pistol myths, smith, whatever. Now you get to range master and you've got time on the clock between 1976 and 1996 with cops caring more about it and concealed carry people, people that are able and do carry. So then you get the Gibbons who are teaching more of that, like how to be a, an, an individual carrying a firearm. Uh, Rick Ector, legally armed in Detroit, started up in 2011, teaching uh, folks how to shoot in Detroit. Uh, and then obviously I can't have everything in here. I'm trying to put a sample. I got Firearms Training Association, which started in 2018, very much more recently, a way to keep uh, firearms instructors, which are blooming, uh, give them some consistency and some collaboration and awareness from what I understand. On the other side of CCW resources, we've got some of the uh, options for personal per, per, for personal legal liability protection, because it's not really insurance, depending on which one you're looking at. I also put in here opencarry.org existed from 2004 to 2012. Um, you know, this is 2022, so this is 10 years after this, this effort, this project failed or ended. So for eight years, from 2004, which is essentially the beginning of the internet for most people. Some of us were online before that, but it was a hobby and it was like a difficult thing and it was slow and it was nothing like today. 2004, you got fast internet for most people, DSL or cable. You've got something to do fast on the internet. So websites that are doing stuff instead of just being words and the development. So now websites are doing things and they've got this fast connection. So websites starting to be more interesting. Uh, a little bit before YouTube still and really fast internets uh, and people just not even thinking about connection speed. But at that point, websites were king and a website that existed from 4, 2004, all the way to 2012 was essentially considered part of the environment. Like that was something that everyone relied on. I don't know, show of hands for people that might be out listening. Do you remember opencarry.org? I know that, again, I was an internet person that whole entire time. Opencarry.org had essentially the carry laws for the different states. So if you traveled or if you're just curious, the same concept is here, putting the information in a handy, useful, hopefully effective, efficient format so that it could be used. So back in the day in the four till 12, that was the forums. And that was just the beginning of YouTube. But really, that was the heyday of the forums. Forums is where you write something. And then a couple of days later, somebody tells you you're a jerk. A couple of days later, you say, no, you're a jerk. And then weeks later, there's this thread of people complaining at each other, which happens in moments now. But the internet was slower. People didn't live on the internet. You would check the internet once in a while. So it would take a while for conversations. No one, some people were using it more often, but typically people check the internet occasionally. Um, so it was just a different time and that opencarry.org became established. Like if you needed to travel, you went to opencarry.org. And then it was gone. 
So for 10 years, some of us have experienced what it's like without one of the you know, foundational pieces of what gave Second Amendment its boundaries, its landmarks on the internet. Some of these other things still exist, but not everything is, you know, there's nothing, nothing's owed to us. More than likely, if I remember correctly, this was a person who was in law school. And I think it even said like, this is a project I did while I was in law school and I'll keep it going as long as I can or something. So we don't know what happened. But anyway, we had that resource and you know, that's gonna represent all the resources that have come and gone. And then on the right then we get into the personal legal liability protection. First one that existed was the Armed Citizen Legal Defense Network. So it's the armed citizens, right? Not sworn officers and not military you know, enlisted people. Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. So a network for armed citizens to deal with legal defense. So each person would put in some money, that money would accumulate and grow, and then it could be used or the interest from it ideally could be used to help anybody who's in the organization in the network when needed. Now it isn't insurance where like, let's give you a big bonus so that there's incentive for people to do bad things. So hopefully you get a bonus. Instead, this is to facilitate expert witnesses and getting the most expedient way to get you out of the situation with using the knowledge of the network and the resources of the network, not insurance really at all. That was in 2008. 2009, Texas Law Shield becomes U.S. Law Shield, or maybe it was Texas Law Shield and later. I don't really know the history. But uh, the next year, U.S. Law Shield slash Texas Law Shield was created in Texas. Two years later, CCW Safe is founded in Oklahoma City. Two years later, 2013, second call defense out of Ohio. And then in 2017, I didn't put USCCA in here. Uh, and then in uh, 2017, uh, NRA uh, had carry guard and that lasted for two years and then it failed. Um, too many people that just want to hate the NRA and watch it burn won't look into the fact that they were scammed on that. So, you know, they're not brilliant and they're a massive organization. And this was a, Definitely a, what do you call that? Like a black eye? I don't call it like such a big thing a black eye. It's worse than a black eye. It was definitely a screw up, but it wasn't an intentional, like, let's mess around. It's like they got deceived by an idiot. They shouldn't have been. But anyway, there's a lot to that that I never know about. I listened to some podcasts that kind of got into it. So uh, that is a little piece of CCW resources to fill in the gap under Maine, which was the talk today was talking about Maine, even with all of that and going, I was talking really slow. We're only at like 40 minutes tonight. Is it Maine's fault because they don't have enough 2A stuff? Certainly not my fault for not researching it. I did thorough research. So I feel like if there was something to find about Maine, I would have found it out. Um, so with that, we'll look over here. It looks like. 1985 CW constitutional carry 2015 hunting with suppressors oh maybe I had that wrong uh, 2015 so you can hunt with a suppressor in Maine so I think I have that wrong on the page all right so um let's see I guess I haven't been paying attention to the comments so I'm gonna go jump over here, see the comments.
It's weird seeing that lag over there. See, I can wiggle this page. This won't wiggle over here for a while, but then it'll start to wiggle over there. And then I'll be wiggling this one when this one's, oh wait, now I would be wiggling this one at the end. And now it's just gonna be a weird, and now I'll wiggle a little bit and then it'll just go on and on. Other people don't even pay attention to this kind of situation. And some people won't pay attention to what's happening way over here. Look at how many wiggles are happening. Come on, this is TikTok waiting to happen. All right, let's go back over here. Come on, where'd my mouse go? I have too many windows. I'm not even talking about this window. That's my gilded over there. I think this is mostly, I think Maine is mostly 2A, but I don't know. I don't know if we've determined this. I guess the poll has determined that Maine is 2A. So I guess we're mansplaining it into being 2A today. Maine doesn't have many people at one point. I think we already covered this. Do they have only a half page because they don't have any gun laws? That's a good question. Vermont doesn't have anything either, in other words, and you're right. It's also because they didn't do nothing. If they didn't add nothing to the mix, then I got nothing to put in their list of ingredients. You know what I'm saying? Big Shooterist is from Maine. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember. That's some guy who's a machine gunist and shares his passion for the machine guns as a writer, if I remember right. And then whenever YouTube came along, I don't know if he got a big YouTube thing going or not. But I think I know who you're talking about. Um, One-tenth, yeah, we already talked about that one. Thank you. Did I sponsor the best state, Texas? If not so, I should have. You know, that's a good question. Tejas, as some of us would call it, was sponsored by Barbecue. Yes, and Allen Precision Manufacturing. Yes. So thank you for sponsoring Tejas back in 2020. And since then, um, something for support. So then an ear, you cut off somebody's ear for support. You don't need to cut off anybody's ear for support of this channel. If other channels are out there expecting people to cut off other people's ears, I think that's beyond the pale. I think that's unnecessary. For one thing, you don't even get any good bounty on that anymore. And for another thing, what are they selling it on eBay? I don't think that's legal. Oh, I wouldn't even recommend that. So definitely don't do that stuff for my channel. Um, no, at least for me, I was just talking about in general. Uh, I don't know of anything specific that's happening with James over there. Um, Maine is one of those that just leaves everyone else alone. I think so. I think that that's not the case, though. From what I understand from somewhere... Maine is getting wailed on by Massachusetts. All them people from Massachusetts, if you look at a map, it's like a boat right away, and a lot of those people in Massachusetts have a boat. So they just go to Maine, and they take over the bottom part of Maine and make it lame. So they're laming up Maine uh, from Massachusetts with their laws, kind of like how California goes around doing that. That's how Massachusetts is being. So I've heard some stuff about... Uh, However, there's not a lot of people in Maine, and that is one of the ways that they get whaled on. I think the regular people from Maine, the original Mainists, Mainists, whatever they're called, would uh, probably be in the way you're talking about, though. All right, I think now I'm cutting that off. Um, I opened up some mail today. I don't... Uh, I'm not proud of it, but I had mail in there from 2021. I didn't realize that I had so much mail in my mail pile. 
and I got this book in there. So I'm looking at this book, minding my business, doing a mail call Monday. A lot of times when I get something in the mail, I'll wait like eight months and then do a mail call Monday video about it. And this came in the mail, I think earlier this month, like almost a month ago. And I opened it up and then look at it, look at this part. So barbecues, hanging out with Shan Shan. Got her to wipe her mouth off on here. So, oh my goodness, it smells like Shan Shan. So, is that a glitter bomb? Is that like an anti-2A glitter bomb he sent me? I don't know what to say. That's how we're ending this one. Um, so, yeah, that happened. I'm the uh, victim in this situation. And I didn't know he sent me that book. I thought it was a t-shirt or something because of the way it was packaged. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this t-shirt? I'll put it over here in this pile. And I totally forgot about it. And then turns out it was a book that I could have been reading all month. Sometimes I do ask a question over on the uh, Daily Gun Show YouTube channel about which uh, two-way activists we should uh, mention or chat about this week since we are on 2A Tuesday. We'd like to mention a um, organization as well. So if anybody's got one, there really is only that one organization in Maine, and I do not know much about it other than I researched or I found it when I was doing research. And it's it's not the oldest female firearms organization, but it is a, another one. And uh, you know, I'm okay with more than one organization for women. And they could have like four if they really wanted, I think. All right, I'm not finding anything over there. So uh, why don't we just scroll down and hork off of a past question? Let's go with Teresa Inaker. And if you yawn and say her name, it doesn't sound right. So Teresa Inaker, from what I understand, that's how it's pronounced. She's a lawyer, a good one, though, on our side. She's from New Jersey and is an advocate for the gun owners' rights in New Jersey. Uh, she's often on uh, different uh, roundtable discussions. I think she's brought up as expert witness, uh, rights for uh, cases and things. As a lawyer, you know, she's able to write the official word, lawyer words. She's a member or uh, maybe an office holder at the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners, the CNJ. F-O is the way they pronounce it there. The Coalition of New Jersey CNJ Firearms Owners, FOE. There's a couple of different firearms owners groups in New Jersey, even though it's a tiny place, which again is probably a good idea so that all the eggs ain't in one basket. Sorry, I'm trying to kill mosquitoes again. Um, I don't think it's going to tell us here what she does, but she's definitely... Uh, an active activist who uh, is, uh, you know, a big part of what's happening in New Jersey. So I don't know nothing else about her, so I'm going to, oh, you know what I could do? I could go over to Minuteman and see if I wrote something in the past that I don't know about. I know that she was on with um, Tony Simon on the uh, Sandhill show, Get Off My Lawn last week i think week before if not i think it was last week 
Oh, bringing up uh, my list here. We'll find her here. All right. I didn't put up people in alphabetically, which means I have to take a minute to try to find her. I guess I could probably could have played a commercial during this time. Uh-oh, I'm having some kind of a glitch. Am I losing internet? Is that what's happening? I probably could click New Jersey over here. Okay, well, I'm having issues with the internet, I guess. It's taking forever, and everything's showing up double, so that's never a good idea, never a good sign. But why am I not finding, after all of this time, now that they're all starting to show up, now I can at least look at pictures, but I'm still not finding her. Still looking, still looking, still looking. There he is. There she is. All right, so she's the communications director and trustee for the CNJFO. She's a writer for Truth About Guns, and she is the DC project director for New Jersey. And it looks like uh, quite a bit of other writing as well. She's episode 96 of Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, who I think he just said he's just past 150. So it's about two thirds of the way through the Riding Shotgun with Charlie tour. And again, that's about as much as I know about Teresa. So that's our 2A advocate of the day. I think you can support Teresa by checking out CNJFO or the DC Project or deciding to do both would be awesome as well. All right, with that, we'll wrap this one up. Nobody's saying anything, so I'm assuming I've bored everybody. You didn't even take an hour, though, so this will be a good one for podcasting and whatnot. If you are listening out there this far into the show as a podcast or in the future on one of the video platforms, use your fingers or however it is you wiggle to poke on the screen or click a button to let us know you're out there. Click on the thumbs up or the heart or the smiley face or whatever it might be on that platform. And that simple gesture lets us know, the humans on this side of everything, that you're out there. And that also indicates which platforms we should continue to spend time. You may notice, if you're not noticing, it's because nobody's paying attention to those platforms. I'll usually blast everything out for a while to all the platforms and then monitor what kind of feedback and what kind of views and that kind of thing. And then one week will come along. I usually do this kind of stuff during Gizzards' show on Sunday. If, uh, you know, I get up late or something happens and some Gizzards' show is super awesome, you know, I'm not paying attention, then maybe, you know, I don't get as much time to distribute stuff. And if I haven't gotten any feedback from one of the platforms, well, that week I don't post it on that one. Utreon uh, often gets the shaft. Nobody really says anything over there. I'm trying to think of another video one. Rumble. 
Nobody really says anything on Rumble ever. So if you're if you are on one of those, feel free to say something. But if you're on one of the others, I'd encourage you to say something too. Don't assume somebody else is. One way you can look is go look at the video. If nobody else said anything there, then that means nobody said nothing there. If there's like three or four comments, consider throwing a comment in there, have a conversation. The platforms are there for the people. They're not there just to post videos, right? At least that's not the only reason that they exist. So with that, we want to thank the uh, Patreons again that make it possible for us to spend the time on these projects and do it in such a way that we can focus on the content. And uh, thanks to the people who showed up live, even though nobody said anything in the last... Oh, no, I guess that was a minute ago. I was going to say in the last, like, 10 minutes. So uh, I threw out after chat links earlier, but I don't know if anybody's going to want after chat links this late in the evening. If you are interested in the after chat link, feel free to leave a comment over there. I'll probably throw it into the uh, whatever this thing's called over here where the bacon is. But uh, if you're interested in what the heck is an after chat link and how come some of these people offer them and other people have never even considered offering something like that. Well, this room that we're in, I'm going to show the screen here, and you're going to see what a lot of us call behind the screens. So some people won't ever show you this. Here's what you're looking at now. You're looking at the Daily Gun Show YouTube channel. Nobody needs to see that. We'll close it. Now you're looking at the show that we're watching right now. You're in this show right now. Here's the poll, right? The poll that you may or may not have voted in. I just ended the poll. Now you can't do nothing about it. Now we can ask, what state should we focus on next week, right? I'm going to do this real quick because I forgot to do it earlier. It's either going to be Louisiana or Oregon or, come on, or Washington or New York. I like to say things authentically to the region. So y'all are going to be able to vote on what's going to happen next week. I think I was going to show you that. That being said, shoving that over to the side, always choose live chat. Top chat is discriminatory. It only shows you some of the things. Live chat shows you everything that's happening live. Normally, I only show you this much. This part over here that I'm wiggling is the part that I show you, but look what happens. Right? This is the whole part behind the scenes over here. See? So this is what happens. We can tell secrets. I got this private room over here you don't even know about it most people don't even tell you about it this is where we tell our secrets a lot of times if you're in a chat they'll be saying secrets about you well look at the way that that guy didn't spell right or look at the way that that guy used capitalization or look at the way that that person you know didn't use a hyperlink we'll say stuff like that because we don't care we're ruthless and then I can post banners if I felt like it. I could click anything. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you to the Patreons. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to Patreons. I choose to thank the Patreons. I can go up here and make this happen. Little baby Bob. We call that little baby Bob. Then here's the other Bob laughing at it. I have the power to click on any of these if I felt like it. So then the other power of this thing is that when it's over, if I clicked on this thing, whenever I'm done, it's over. But guess what? The room still exists. So that's an after chat. So a lot of times people will bring in all kinds of popular kids and adults and 
uh, older kids from the neighborhood, and they'll bring them in here and have an after chat. And it's like a party, basically. It's like a party, but there's no rules. And a lot of chats won't even bother. Even though there's a wild after chat happening at almost at the end of almost every chat, a lot of people won't even bother to put the link out there for y'all to participate. So what we like to do is take that link and give it to our Patreons, of course. And then people over on the Gilded, who are basically our Patreons, and uh, people who might want to have a conversation off air. It's kind of like a party, except there's no rules. And everything's free. But otherwise, it's just like, uh, you know, a place to hang out and have a conversation. It is kind of late, so I can understand if people aren't up to it. Well, it looks like uh, Smeggy, for one, might be in there. And then, oh yeah, killed another mosquito. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts, depending on what part of the country. See, Smeggy's in this part of the country. Spoiler alert, it's like 10 o'clock for us. So while everybody else is falling asleep, um, not falling asleep, and it's 10 o'clock. Looks like we got three votes, and they're all for Louisiana. So we've got a majority of the people voting. There's five people watching. Two people have chose to sat out. Those people are okay with any state, just any state. We don't even care. Let somebody else decide. I'll let somebody else determine the future for me. Three of them said, nope, I'm making the choice for the future, and they all chose Louisiana. So it looks like the land of Lewis and Anna, that's why I was named that, because some guy named Lewis and some lady named Anna were hanging out, and everybody was like, you know, where Lewis and Anna are. Then it became Louisiana. They hung out by the bottom of this river all the time. Um, we'll be talking about that state and all of its 2A. There's a whole bunch of Louisiana 2A. Don't you know? Including, who's the most famous Louisiana, Louisiana 2A? Give you this on the way out. Go over to here. Oh, I'm on the wrong channel. I wonder if I subscribed to it on this channel. Why look how slow my internet is? You're seeing how slow my internet is. It's messed up. Messed up. That's that's YouTube censorship, really. Clicking on my scout my sponsor or my subscriptions. Come on, man. And I don't know if I got them in here, so I'm going to have to click on this. I feel like I would have clicked on them. I feel like I would have subscribed to them. I feel like, why would I have not subscribed to them over here? Come on. Come on. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? At least now I have the opportunity to subscribe to it right now. Yeah, I don't have it over there. Damn it. How can I not have it over there? All right, well, let's go over there. The coolest channel ever come out of Louisiana. Johnny. Uh, Rollins. Shooting. Show. Okay, I spelled it wrong, but now I can subscribe to it, and now I can share it with you. So if you haven't ever watched the Johnny Roland shooting show, you ever heard of the 460 Roland? What is it? The 460 Roland? That's this dude. You ever heard of satellite television? That's this dude. You ever heard of everything that's done on internet today that has anything to do with guns? They're all copying this dude. And the story is, 
the channel that I just linked to called the Johnny Roland Shoot and Show Archives is dedicated to Johnny Roland Shoot and Show that aired from around 1990 to 2001. I ended up with almost all the VHS tapes and masters from that show. They were bought from a storage locker auction and bound for the landfill. A friend of mine brought them to me, and so I figured I would digitize them and upload them here. All the credit goes to Johnny Rowland, who now lives in Tombstone, Arizona. Thanks to Johnny for making the show. Johnny is a creator of the 460 Rowland cartridge, which gives the true 44 Magnum power in the semi-auto platform, like a 1911. Clark Custom Guns, which is Kate and Jerry Micklick, and Johnny. So what's-her-face Micklick and Micklick got married. Her name is Clark. What's her name? Jer Jerry? No. Jerry and Lena? No. Whatever her name is, she's Clark. So Clark's Custom is the people that made the 460 Roland for Johnny Roland, and that is the family that dude married into so johnny brought this around it's a reloader's delight much like the 300 blackout and the 10 millimeter as you know and might have seen johnny is very passionate person when it comes to life liberty corruption and other views he shares on the show with that being said the views expressed in this show are not necessarily that of the channel's manager everything here is subject to free will enjoy so some guy who found the VHS tapes, understood their value, went to the effort of digitizing them into digital and then putting them on the internet. Did that over the years. And you're looking at what I can't even, I think one time we did count, but dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of VHS tapes converted to digital, uploaded onto this channel. And it's, gold it's awesome there's chunks of it that are the same what you'll find is you find a, a good one i'm trying to think of one that's good something that says museum in it is usually one that i found so since there's so many of them i'll just search so let's say you find museum because i was interested in johnny Rowland visiting museums so here's a chip mccormick factory texas ranger museum here's Air Force Base Museum. Here's the Buffalo Bill Museum in 1999. So what I tried to do is go in here and uh, you can search for museum and you can search for a couple of other things to find ones that I've done this with. But uh, and then you can find links where I used to link to these whenever I would do this. But uh, like for this one, I went through and added these timestamps so you can get where Johnny Rowland is hanging out talking to Charlie Beckwith at Chip McCormick's place. So Chip McCormick, 1911 parts and that kind of thing. Charlie Beckwith is the guy that invented Delta Force. Hanging out, chatting with Johnny Rowland on VHS tape. Then you get this one over here, 30 minutes long. And usually whenever I found one that, oops, found one, I could add some timestamps to. So now in this one, you're going to find a Winchester Bolt Action 50 BMG, a World War I bar, um, 
a Colt 50 BMG machine gun from 1952. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Kramer holster, some guy with a trick shot with a candle, uh, factory prototype collection, Johnson factory, factory prototype collection, a Winchester Liberator four barrel, an air gun exhibit. So this is all from the Buffalo Bill Museum back in the day. So let's go look at the prototype light rifle. So Johnny Rowland hanging out downstairs because this museum is where they put all the guns in the basement so nobody could look at them. That's the way they think is cool. And then uh, Johnny Rowland got access to go down there with VHS tape and actually take a look at stuff like this. So back in the 99, this is how we would have been figuring out what the Cody Museum's got down the basement, not showing anybody. Carbine prototypes. Awesome. So if you want to check something out from Louisiana before next week, when we dig in, oh, looks like all of a sudden we got a splash for Oregon. But that little splash for Oregon just ain't going to be enough for the, for the flood of Louisiana river water that came in and dominated the votes for next week. All right. Well, now we hit the hour mark. I feel like I've accomplished something if I've talked for an hour. Um, I've had a couple of people inquire about being a co-host a guest host or whatever you want to call it um, i'm interested in still taking in um suggestions i don't know ideas for that uh, so feel free to offer those and whatnot i'm gonna cough here for a minute i will be throwing a link out in the various places for the people that might be interested otherwise uh, thanks for showing up on one of those previously aforementioned places. You've got your Johnny Rollins homework for next week. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is the first audio quiz that's ever happened. What? An audio tactical quiz. Because often we make things visual and that's messed up. Yeah. Well, now it's audio. So tomorrow will be an audio. Bring your ears. If you're deaf and you're not even hearing this, you're reading a transcription with Braille or something. No, I guess deaf people can probably see sometimes. So you're reading a transcription of this. Come on, man. So I'm just saying, you'll have to read the transcription of tomorrow's show. Um, but the people that are hearing enabled can join tomorrow, listen, and exploit that characteristic. And yeah, we'll play a little or have a little fun with the quiz tomorrow. Thursday, we're going back to talking about traveling the rest of the year, what is available. Friday, we wrap up the week. If you're new to the show, you're probably not listening to this part of it, so I probably don't need to put this in here, but I do because of traditionally people try to bookend shows with information such as this. I'll throw out a link to the places in a minute to the things. And then if you know what that means, you'll know what to do with the things where they're at. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Tonight's episode, Photo Finish. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel.
the guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Do 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 do.